This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, this is Alon Kirkland, and you listen to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Stryker, and with me are both of our in-house draft experts and writers for Steeler Nation, Matt Papiernik and Ben McCallion. Ben and Matt, how are you doing again today? We're doing well. It's draft week. Draft week! Most exciting week of the offseason. <laughs> I know, right? It's the most wonderful time of the year for football fans hoping for to be reborn anew with the new players added to the team. And this year, we've got a lot of teammates to talk about, our future teammates, and we're going to get into that pretty heavily tonight. But the first thing I want to do is talk about what happened this week in Steeler news. Biggest, in my opinion, being uh, Mike Tomlin signing a three-year extension, making him the head coach through 2024. So, Matt, how... Or since you're sipping, Ben, how do you feel about Mike Tomlin now being extended for another three years? I mean, I don't know why Steelers Twitter was blowing up bad stuff about Tomlin. I loved it. I love to lock him in. I think he's yeah. a great pairing with Colbert there at the GM. Um, I mean, I'm a huge fan. I love it. Yeah. Matt? Yeah, I'm a big fan of the deal. Um, Tomlin's earned it. Uh, he he He's going to be around now for – throughout the rest of Ben's career and depending on how long Ben plays, at least partial of the rebuild, you know, whether who that heir parent's going to be, whether it be Mason or someone else. So I, I'm glad to have him there because he just, he leads that locker room. Players never have anything bad to say about him. You know, yeah. his playoff success has been the only knock on him, but if the players are backing him and he's keeping that locker room together, you have people coming back for cheaper deals. I mean, he's doing something right. Yes. And for me, it's just how the players react to Tomlin as a leader, as a coach, as an honest person. And every single Steeler, it seems, that leaves has nothing but excellent things to say about him. And when they retire, they'll say he was the best coach I ever had. Things like that. I mean, it's something that we as fans, we get frustrated with our coaches when they don't win in the playoffs. And I, as a longtime Steeler fan, remember in the... um, late nineties, early thousands calling for cowers head losing four, you know, AFC championship games. Guy can't do it. He's too emotional. He's never going to win a super bowl. Then he pops off and wins a super bowl. So, you know, it, it, it's less what the fans think. It's more about their ability to lead men on the field. And he's in Tomlin is a leader of men and everyone has shown that. And thanks so much to Scott at Facebook saying that too. Tomlin number one as well. God bless you too. James Herbst over there at Facebook. We love it. We love the feedback to your nation. This is why we do it. We do this for you. 
<laughs> and the next thing I want to talk about is a little bit of a negative, but it's something that I think that we need to touch base on. Um, on 423, Justin Lane ended up getting arrested and he was um, charges of firearm in a vehicle and driving under suspension. He was pulled over by cops that say he was doing 89 in a 60 mile an hour zone and is uh, in his 2020 Dodge Charger at 1.20 a.m. And so he was arrested and booked on a felony charge for improper handling of a firearm in a motor vehicle. And this is kind of big news considering we're already thin at cornerback with uh, Hilton and Nelson already leaving. You're not sure where Sutton's going to play, but there's going to be a vacuum, whichever spot he's not playing. And now we've got problems with lane. So Ben or Matt, this time I'm going to start with you and stay, you know, what are your thoughts at least on lane and the depth over there? Yeah, it's it it sucks to hear that. You know, um, it's not a smart move. I'm I'm not gonna break him over the coals for it. I mean, people, you know, it's it. He was back in Cleveland area. You know, he's from the Cleveland area, so he was around. Okay. Yeah, so he's yeah. he was around the his hometown. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm not I'm not gonna rip into him for it. But it's you got to be smarter than that. You know, you're a high profile guy. You know that stuff's gonna come out, especially when you got a suspended license. You know. Yeah. At a certain time, you just got to take a little bit more responsibility. Like I said, he, he's still a young guy. I mean, he's in his, he's younger than I am. Yeah. So I'm not going to try and, you know, say he's perfect because I'm far from perfect as well. But it's definitely uh, hurtful, especially more now with the lack of depth they have there. I don't think anything's going to come of it right now until, you know, the legal system fully plays out and, you know, sees what happens with him. But just, you know, just got to be smarter with it, especially when you're a player with his profile. True. And Ben? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because, as, as you said, we're already thin at the position. Um, so obviously it puts us in a weird spot. Um, and even like listening to the press conference today, they addressed it saying that now that cornerback is a little bit more of a need yes. um, here going into the draft. So me being the the whole um, and my glasses half full guy. This is, I'm glad it happened now is what yeah. I'm saying. Um, yeah. So it gives the Steelers a little bit of juice and a little bit more of a clear blueprint going into here on, on, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, but, I mean, we're just going to have to see how he responds ultimately. And I'm going to just show you here um, quickly. Just as, I think this is a badass picture for his uh, <laughs> mugshot. I mean, it, it essentially be his, like, profile for a dating site. Um, hair's looking great. He looks like he's a, in a in a decent mood. It just sucks that him having to get hit for that those issues. But at least for me, hopefully he can get it plead down to something else because he was doing a bunch of things. It seems like they only charged him for the felony gun possession. If he can get it um, plead down to hopefully the traffic violation uh, and well, I don't I don't know if they found marijuana. The only thing I read that there was marijuana residue in the car. And then he said at least um, he was heard on the police film stating that he didn't have drugs in a car. He only had one blunt. Um, So it was, you know, it's it's obviously a small, small amount of marijuana. Maybe that's something he's going to plead down to. I'm not not sure the marijuana laws or the possession laws in in Cleveland. Are you up on that, Matt? Uh, In Ohio, I mean, I know it's still illegal here recreationally. Um, Okay. How specific it is, I'm not sure about. Okay. But that's an option of possibly playing down and hopefully getting the felony expunged. So hopefully that's, this is a one-time occurrence for him because he was showing some promise last year, and I'd like to see him expand his role and continue to improve as a Steeler. 
because he's already starting to build on it and do well. Um, looking at the press conference that happened today with Kevin Colbert and Tomlin, and they came out and stated for depth chart wise that it, they already have starters penciled in at left tackle and right cornerback. So they stated that Chukes Okorafor is currently penciled in to be the left tackle and Sutton is currently penciled in to be the right cornerback. But if this is the case, there is a vacuum at nickel corner and there is zero person manning that slot. So to me, that is like a huge need when not only do you have depth, you don't even have a starter for nickel cornerback when we had two of them last year. So, you know, I know quarterbacks cornerback is definitely going to be a priority in this draft. Now we don't know if they wanted to draft edge early to maybe drop Sutton down inside or draft a slot cornerback later, because you know, they're going to be available later. You can always, you know, you can pick up a, a slot corner a little bit later in the draft because they're usually a little bit more undersized and they're usually a little bit more niche role, but Ben, I'm going to start with you this time. Um, what, what are your thoughts at the cornerback position and at least, and how do you feel about them naming a core four as the starter at left tackle? Yeah. So um, I'll start with the corner. Um, does and of course up to the lane news that you know that we just talked about um had it as an order priority right around four or five and with lane that question mark now that's it's going to be a top three i have them um now you know taking a a corner in one of their top three picks yeah so you know i agree with you as what you've been saying all along that cornerback is going to be the number one need there going into the draft so 100 percent on board with that um, as far as the offensive line, I mean, can we think back to any year? And if anyone out there knows, please let me know. But w- what was the last season the Steelers had where they started a, the same offensive line the last game of the season that they had in the first preseason game? Or even like the opening day? Probably none. Um, so we understand that it, that's going to change. Um, I mean, He's a good filler there for now, um, and I know we're going to be getting into you know the draft here a little bit later. But um, we've been also talking about how offensive tackle is a big need here for the draft. So yeah, he's penciled in, um, and knowing Mike Tomlin, he is only penciled in. There is nothing yeah. set in stone. So um, nice. I will leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt, oh yeah, to Tomlin said in his presser, you know, depth trust time of year, they're not even worth the paper that they're written on. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of go to Ben's point, you know, he's penciled in there, but you know, it, it's really up in the air. So you got a whole off season to go through, you know, um, starting, starting with the corner like Ben did. Um, it's definitely a need. Um, I think they need to take one in the first few rounds. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of good corners in the first few rounds. I think it thins out near the back half of the draft. So getting one, you know, you really uh, like, and I agree. I think there's, Sutton wants to play outside. Um, part of the caveat, I think, was he was going to get a shot outside. So I think he wants to remain out there. So yeah. that gives the Steelers kind of some flexibility where they're able to take a slot guy who, like you said, might a little bit. You know, there's quite a few guys who have inside-outside versatility or safety slot versatility. So yeah. Yep. And that would be ideal, yeah. Yeah. They're in a good position there. Um, there's a lot of guys I like in this draft for that. So while it is a need, I don't think it's something that they're going to be hurting for because I think there's a lot of guys that they could like there. Yeah. As far as Chooks at left tackle, I mean, he was a left tackle throughout his entire football career up until he got drafted and played with Pittsburgh. Right. So I think he might be a little more comfortable over there. He 
Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say he was great last year at right tackle, mm-hmm. but he was kind of thrown to the fire after losing the starting job. Mm-hmm. After week one gets thrown into the starting lineup, you know, kind of in a whole whirlwind. So mm-hmm. it wasn't the ideal situation to start him there because he probably wasn't getting a lot of first team reps the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he he held his own. He definitely has room to improve, especially in the running game. But he held his own. And if the Steelers don't prioritize tackle early in the draft, I do think they'll take one in the middle rounds, at least as a developmental um, guy to potentially be the starter next year since Chooks is a free agent um, after the season. But, you know, I, I'm i not mad about Chooks going into the season as the left tackle because I, I think he has potential there and he's comfortable there. Nice. And we got a quick question over here on Facebook from Scott Wells. Who starts, Williams or Spillane? In my opinion, I believe with what, they, what Spillane was showing on the field and his playmaking – and the way that Williams was treated as far as for free agency being cut and then signed back to a minimum, it sounds to me like Spillane is probably going to be the starter initially, but awesome to have Vince Williams in rotationally and to have that depth there for having essentially three starters now uh, at inside linebacker. And I love that because it's kind of what they had to when uh, Bush went down. Obviously you want Bush, but they had Williamson as well, who was also a starter and the starter caliber for the jets and played very well for us as well. So ideally that's what you need at inside linebacker is, is three athletic playmaking linebackers. And I'm happy with the three that they have there. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd go Spillane over Williams in my opinion. And want to say hi to Colton Gesser over there on Facebook too, shouting out as well, knowing we're going to dress corner at some time in the draft. I'm going to be, he's going to be with me for the draft coverage as well as both Ben and Matt here. Steeler nation is going to be running its own draft show. We're going to start a half an hour before each, each draft. So first night is eight o'clock. So we're going to start at seven 30. We're going to run the entire draft until it's over. Just talk, having fun, having Kevin Dotson's going to join us. We're on the Steelers pick. So we're going to have a lot of fun on draft night. And I'm still talking to some former players to hopefully get some sprinkled in here on Friday and Saturday to get their input too, as the Steelers draft and continue to build their roster coming up. So wanted to spot here too. Justin Herps said on Facebook that Lane was getting away from Cleveland. I drive with a firearm at a high rate of speed back to Pittsburgh as well. Yeah, obviously you're trolling, but it's funny. So <laughs> I, like it. I like it. I'm going to use that. <laughs> yes. And, and Heather, I hope we get better at drafting cornerbacks as well. I know we've had a very difficult time drafting cornerbacks. So this is one of the few times I think there's actually going to be a good first round draft pick at 24. And that's, what's going to be the toughest decision is, are, are you going to go with a, a slot that you have trouble drafting that finally something falls in your lap. That's a really dynamic playmaking corner or are you going to have to go to your needs for running back or line? So it's, this is going to be the, the, the exact strangest thing that, that can could happen this year draft-wise. Because I think in, in any other year, it would have been a slam dunk. We're picking a corner first pick. And uh, so going back to this, now we have time for more questions from – oh, no, we were talking about the draft. I wanted to talk about mocking the draft. So first, we're going to be talking about Matt's mock because Matt just had his mock release here today at SteelerNation.com. You can come over and read it for yourself, but I want Matt to walk us through his mock and so we can all kind of react to his picks and why he chose them. So start us off here, Matt. Yeah, so, I, you know, a lot of people approach the mock draft uh, season. You know, you kind of 
take it from the eyes of what the Steelers you think they will do or whatever team you're mocking will do. Yeah. I kind of took it a little different here where I acted as if I was Kevin Colbert and what would I do? Nice. Uh, trying to, you know, I, I think the Steelers are going to head a little bit of direction in some of the picks that I went, but mm-hmm. um, I, I wanted to represent what I, what I would do here. And first in the first round, I traded back. Um, okay. I think the Steelers are going to be in a spot where there's a lot of good people that they could pick from, mm-hmm. um, fill a lot of different holes, whether it be, corner center running back they, they have options yeah um, there's gonna be a lot of guys available around their pick in my opinion and kevin colbert said today if he trades back five spots he wants there to be five guys he's happy taking and i think they're yeah. gonna have that and in this i actually have them trading back five spots <laughs> to, so, to, to the packers nice we're trading back five spots to the packers picking up a third round pick and doing a pick swap next year is kind of how it worked out um i looked at a trade value chart it's kind of how it worked out. And I had him take, okay. take Najee Harris. Um, you know, yeah. Najee Harris, he's he's kind of been the fan favorite pick. I know I may have been happy with that pick. Uh, <laughs> I'm not always sold on taking the running back in the first, but if you're able to trade back and get, you know, some more capital and still get your guy, because I do think Najee Harris is probably the most complete back in the draft. Yeah. Um, really reminds me of Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, and there's some people that the Packers might want there, you know, wide receiver or D lineman. So I think trading back's definitely key there. Um, as I move on to the second round, um, I think the Steelers really need to trade up. Um, they're going to be getting some additional capital with that trade back. And they also have a couple extra picks next year and mm-hmm. um, already have eight picks this year. So uh, being able to trade up to really snag one of those guys that might have been close to that 24 or 29 pick that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, slipping down a little bit. I think there's going to be someone available there, whether it be in this, uh, uh, in uh, my ideal scenario, I had Asante Samuel Jr. there. I think nice. he has a chance of sneaking into the first yeah. round or falling to the late second, depending yeah. on just because of his size. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could easily see them. I would be happy with a center here, depending on who I went with. But I went with Asante Samuel Jr. I traded up with the Dolphins five spots, mm-hmm. um, ended up giving them uh, pick number one. 128 in exchange for 156. So I moved back about 30 spots later in the draft to move up five now. Okay. Uh, and then the third round, this is the first pick that the Steelers actually own as of today. Uh, number <laughs> 87. Uh, had them taking Josh Myers, uh, center out of Ohio State. Like Kevin Colbert said today, I agree. With them. There's a lot of depth at center throughout this draft. Nice. There's You can find starters from the first round to the third or maybe even fourth round. And you can find guys who have a lot of experience and come in and start day one. And I think Josh Myers is one of those. He's nasty. He's physical. He's what the Steelers said they are looking for this year. And I I watched him play at Ohio State. And I, he's, he's, he's got a mean streak that um, some offensive linemen, you beg for them to have it with their physical tools. So I think adding some physicalness to that offensive line is key and being able to wait and still get someone that's starting capable is huge uh next i have the number 92 pick i got from the packers mm-hmm. uh, i took a edge edge is kind of important um yeah. i know we might not think about it as a huge need right away well there's no depth you're right yeah there's yeah. zero depth behind both the starters currently yeah we showed that showed last year i mean you had bud yeah. dupree and tj watt and they still went and spent a high pick on alec highsmith and mm-hmm. it was key Mm-hmm. Um, Bud went out with that injury and Alex Highsmith was able to step in and play at a high level. Well, now they're in that same spot because Bud's gone. Yeah. So they need someone to beat that Alex Highsmith this year. And um, there's a couple guys I like, but I went with Jordan Smith. He's out of UAB. He's athletic as all can be. Um, he was a high recruit coming out of high school. I love him. His upside's through the roof. Um, transferred out of Florida, had to go to Juco, had some off the field stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's been a few years and I think the Steelers really can uh, use someone with his athleticism because 
he's a height, weight, speed guy who also put up um, huge shack numbers over the last two seasons. So he, he can be a true force yeah. in the pass rush and really rotate early on the passing downs, you know, to give TJ and Alex Hasmith a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you and Ben both pointed out, uh, they need tackles. Um, this is yeah. kind of the longest I wanted to wait to get a tackle. So at 140, which is their fourth round pick. So fourth, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I chose Brendan James mm-hmm. um, out of Nebraska. Uh, I think uh, if there's a trend here. I like upside guys. I like upside guys that were good football players. Um, a lot of these, a lot of these uh, teams like to fit people into certain molds. Um, but I just more look for who can become those day one starters and who can become those year after year starters. And Brendan James can be that. He's one of the most athletic offensive tackles in this class. Um, excels at pass blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, he's light. He only weighs like 295, 300 at six foot six. Wow. So he's, a light, he's a light tackle. He's um, a light tackle. <laughs> yeah. he, he needs to put on some weight to get more physical in the run game. I mean, he tried to get physical. It's just his physical size didn't allow him to truly dominate in that area. But he'd be a perfect guy to learn from Chooks and Banner for a year because they have their starters. They even have Haig to really be that third swing tackle if they need it. So he can take a year to develop who ideally is the tackle they need Mm -hmm. to really either become that swing tackle next year or replace Chooks if they let him go. Nice. This might be my favorite pick of my mock um, of what I would do. Uh, Round five in the pick number 156 I got from the Dolphins in the trade-up, Trey McKitty, um, tight end out of Georgia. Yes. Um, I kind of call him uh, mini Kyle Pitts. Um, he, he's really athletic. Um, he only had his last year at Georgia before that. Um, he was at smaller school. So he um, really went to Georgia to prove he can block and not just be an athlete. He even said that in interviews. He wanted to prove he can run block in the SEC. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he did that. You know, he, he was an above average blocker. You know, he really tried. He's, you know, stocky build, but. At the Senior Bowl, he dominated. I watched those Senior Bowl practices. I was reporting out on them, and he was so athletic. Their linebackers couldn't cover him. Safeties couldn't cover him. You know, I think he's has potential to be a better blocking Eric Ebron down the road. Um, he's not quite as polished as Ebron was coming out, hence why he's not a first-round pick like Ebron was coming out. Yeah, But there, that's more of the trend. There's upside here. There's someone who can come in and be that number two tight end quickly, mm-hmm. and the Steelers definitely need a tight end. Um, the last few rounds, um, I kind of went back and forth cause you don't know who's going to be there. Yeah. Um, you're in round six, seven, um, people are all over the board. So I just went with upside guys that I think have a good chance of falling, mm-hmm. um, round six, two sixteen. I went with Jalen Darden, um, out yeah. of North Texas. Mm-hmm. Some say he's higher. Some say he's undrafted. He's small. He's five, eight, one seventy. And what's his position? Uh, wide receiver. Sorry. Wide receiver. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really don't think the Steelers need to draft a wide receiver this year. They have a five deep rotation. And, uh, but I think Darden, his playmaking is ridiculous. Um, in the last two seasons, he had 31 touchdowns as a wide receiver. So that's absolutely nuts. Um, he was just too athletic for the people playing against. He was playing North Texas against the next five group of conference conferences. So um, he's going to fall down a lot of draft boards being five, eight, one seventy. So, I think at minimum he's a returner for the Steelers and you can, you know, look at a long-term returner there and make sure DJ doesn't have to go field punts, even though they got Ray Ray McLeod. Yeah. 
here's someone that me and Ben both had higher up our boards, but has since fallen off the map. Uh, Paris Ford in the seventh round, safety out of Pittsburgh. Okay. He's might be one of the best football players in the draft, mm-hmm. but he's a safety and he ran a 4.9 second, 40 yard dash. Oh, wow. That's I obviously mean, his tape doesn't look like he runs a four nine though. Does no, it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> and I mean, people were talking about him on day two conversation until his pro day. Mm. Um, but he had a poor vertical jump, had a poor broad jump, had a really poor 40. Yeah. His shuttles weren't – I mean, he just had a bad day all around. I'm That's... hoping that maybe he was sick or something and sandbagging so that he could end up on the Steelers. <laughs> Sounds um, like a soft tissue injury to me possibly, like something Potentially. I mean, he didn't ankle, look like knee. that. Yeah. Hamstring. And he gets like a linebacker. He's 5'10", 5'11", 190 mm-hmm. pounds, but he hit – he's like a Ryan Clark. Uh, oh, wow. That's how. That's the style of play he likes. He he likes to hit. So, yeah. worst case, even with that forty yard dash, if that is true playing speed, which it didn't look like that on tape, um, he could be a special teams monster. He could be that Jordan Dangerfield that just wrecks havoc all over the field. And mm-hmm. you know, I I loved him as a player. Ben loved him as a player. Um, I believe Ben didn't you do a uh, draft profile on him or was that CJ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, no, yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah, you nice. loved him. I mean, he he was a. He was a great player for Pittsburgh and keeping the hometown guys is always nice. So hopefully uh, he, he's one of those. I have no clue where he's going to go now with that, with that 40 time. I, I yeah. Couldn't, yeah. Couldn't even tell you. And then last pick of the Steelers, 254. I chose Jonathan Marshall, a D lineman. Um, mm-hmm. He actually, I wasn't impressed watching his tape. Uh, he didn't play well at Arkansas, but then he did the opposite of Paris 40, lit up his pro day. Wow. Looked athletic look strong as can be. And he mm. played nose tackle for Arkansas. He was a little undersized, only like 210, two, or 310, 315. Okay. Um, so, you know, he has some position, positional versatility, especially with the Steelers running that 3-4. But, I mean, I'm not always a fan of getting the workout warrior, those guys, um, because oh, if, they, if they don't have anything on the field, you know, to, just because you're big and strong doesn't mean you're going to be a good football player. But in the seventh round, you throw darts at, those guys that absolutely blow you away in some aspects and his athleticism and strength is just ridiculous. Yeah. He put that on maybe, you know, with coaching from the Steelers, you know, defensive line coach and everything, he can be developed into one of those elite guys. And the Steelers seem to have a thing for drafting late defensive linemen. Yes. (laughs) Like it seems like every, every year they're throwing a dart (laughs) at some random defensive lineman who's a big, strong athletic defensive lineman. So, um, but but the thing is that they've hit on the couple these last couple of years, like with Bugs and with uh, Carlos Davis, because it looks like those two have stuck. And, and even with Mondo coming in as an un, undrafted rookie free agent uh, last year, making some moves. I mean, they found some good quality depth in the bottom of the draft or an undrafted free agency here in those slots. So, you know, I'll be I'll personally be surprised if the Steelers take a defensive lineman in this upcoming draft, just because I think they're just already so set at defensive linemen um, that mm-hmm. really there isn't much room to select somebody. So that's why when Robert asks me over on, on uh, YouTube, 92 should obviously be Peyton Turner. If he is there, number one, Robert Steelers don't always have to draw draft Houston Cougars. Uh, number two, like I'm saying, linemen, I, I don't think the Steelers are projecting any linemen high. And if they do draft a lineman, I'm with Matt. They're going to be drafting them late 
sixth, seventh round if they pick one up for depth. But really, I just don't see a lineman even making the team or making the roster this year on the defensive side. So might as well use that selection possibly on a corner that might make the team, on a linebacker that might make the team, or somewhere across the offensive line for depth, because those are the slots that need filled, in my opinion, just for this year, because um, it seems like they're pretty set for this year. Uh, and Heather, we would get to every single question, so you don't have to worry about it. We were just talking about the mock draft. Thank you very much for providing your mock draft, Matt. I like it. Uh, going running back, then cornerback. I can I, as, as far as four, and then you went linemen, you went center, right? The first three. Yep, yep. I, that's spot on for me for needs uh, i'd be fine with the, any order for those three positions um so yeah so I, i'm looking forward to also what ben's going to say but heather also brings up a great point uh other than that all offensive linemen should be mean and i definitely agree with that but she wants to know how do we think that we should look look for a tight end because She's worried about our depth there. I'm worried about our depth in tight end. So what are your thoughts, at least on tight end? I mean, tight end seems like a little wonky this year. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of high end talent. It seems like the one guy pits is like athletic off the charts. Um, early on, Mox had him going late in the first round, but now that he's shown his pro day that I don't think he's going to make it out of the top 10, let alone top 15. So you know, is the Steelers have a shot at like a Pat Fairmuth guy out of Penn State in the second round? Because obviously I think the first round is a little too high for him. Ben, I'll get your take on uh, on tight ends first. And if you even think there's a decent tight end to take later on. Yeah. And uh, actually, I am, I am going to have one here in my mock. So it's going to be a good segue Great. once we get there. But um, I mean, I like Tommy Tremble out of Notre Dame. Whenever I think nice. of a tight end that the Steelers need, mm-hmm. I think of a blocker. We already have the one that can uh, run routes, uh, great red zone target, all that stuff, but we need a run blocker, and that's what Tommy mm-hmm. Tremble is. And I think mm-hmm. he's one of the best here that's available in this year's draft. Nice. So let's get into your draft now, um, Ben. So you did a mock draft for us too, fortunately, right before the show, but we love your opinions. I know you do a tons of mock draft. You have fun with this, but I want you to go over one of your favorite mock drafts. And the great thing about this mock draft is this seems like it's a mock draft that Steeler fans aren't used to seeing. So I like a little bit of a variety in thinking about other players that may be dark horses for the Steelers taking. And I want to know how they would fit in your mind with the Steelers. Yeah. So um, I know I've been on here how many times and saying that I want Harris <laughs> one, I want Harris one, but I figured, you know, like everyone else, how many mock drafts do we do? So I figured with this, with the one here, let's just have some fun with it. See what happens. Looks like it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, at our, our first pick um, here, I have Tevin Jenkins um, at offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State here at 24. Okay. Um, he's a name that's been floated around. Um, I mean, I saw a couple of columns that he was one of three names that the Steelers were looking hard at here mm-hmm. at that 24 overall spot. Mm-hmm. So I see it as a, as a realistic pick, and I do see him to be available, um, again, at that 24th spot. So offensive tackle set. What about running back? We'll get there. Um, at, 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 at 55 overall, mm-hmm. uh, second round, I couldn't believe that he was still available in this mock draft I was doing. So yeah. I took him, and that's Jevin Holland out of Oregon, okay. um, who's a cornerback. Oh, so, wow. um, yeah, and I consider him, I mean, if he's available in the second, that's a steal. I mean, sure. I had him um, more of like a top 20, if not wow. maybe top 15. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's good. So nice. I, as soon as I saw him, I pounced on him. Um, third, I 
actually, it's weird how this lined up, Matt. Uh, I have I have Josh Myers, Ohio State center. Um, so it looks like we have a common Great consensus minds there. Think alike. <laughs> right. I think the center is going to go in the third round. I think okay. that's safe to assume. Okay. Um, so we'll we'll just buzz over him. Fourth, as I alluded to earlier, Tommy Tremble. Um, cool. I think the fourth round for him is is realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, there's so much depth at offensive tackle this year at wide receiver, mm-hmm. um, you know, anywhere along the offensive line, um, and, and quarterback as well. So naturally that's going to push him down a little bit more. So it's not saying that, um, you know, he, he's not good, anything like that. Um, I just think he's, he's just going to fall here in the fourth because it's a safe place. Um, so I have him as the Steelers first pick in the fourth round. So, nice. um, nice. after him is where we get into running back. And I actually wrote a profile on him today, Kylan Hill out of hmm. Mississippi state. Yeah. Um, so Steeler nation, go to SteelerNation.com. read Ben McCallion's article on the newest running back here. That'd be, that's something great. You can follow up here after the podcast. Right. Yeah. And I think he's a great value pick, um, especially because the Steelers don't have a fifth round pick. So they have to use that second pick or their second selection in the fourth round as that fifth round. Mm. So it might be a little bit of a strength. I see him more of falling into the earlier fifth round, but again, only because the Steelers don't have a fifth round pick, they kind of have to reach for him, which I still like. I mean, I think he's a good compliment to what Benny Snell has to offer in terms of the bruising. Um, Hill is more of that pass catching back. He doesn't have that breakaway speed, but he is really patient at the line. He allows plays to develop um, and it has those good hands. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned this in that profile, but if I were to tell you, you know, it's a Steelers running back. He was very patient at the line. He was critical, you know, on passing downs and really was a good overall back. Who do you think of? But from 2013 is Le'Veon Bell. So yes. I'm not saying he's a Le'Veon <laughs> Bell. Don't take it there. Again, he's a fourth rounder, fifth yeah. rounder for me. Um, but the profiles kind of line up and I just think he would be a good fit in the Matt Canada offense. And again, a good pairing to Benny Snell. Um, skipping over the fifth round again, um, going into the sixth round, I have Patrick Jones out of Pitt who is listed as an edge rusher, but I think he can be groomed to be an offensive or not an offensive lineman. I'm sorry. Um, outside linebacker, uh, here in order to fit into three, four defense that the Steelers run. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he, he's bigger. Um, but I think he has the athleticism to drop back into coverage. He has a really long wingspan or wide, a wide wingspan. Um, he's a long player. He's rangy. And I think he can swat down balls or at the line. And again, drop into coverage if need be. Nice. Um, Seventh, I have, um, I was, this is where, as Matt was saying, you don't know who's going to be there. It, this is where it gets kind of fun, I think. Um, just flyers, you know, whatever hits is awesome. Um, I like Isaiah McDuffie, who's a middle linebacker and inside linebacker out of Boston College. Okay. Um, he still has some growing up to do. And, I mean, he is a senior, so he, he did really play out, you know, his entire career at Boston College. Mm-hmm. But, um I think he has the ability to really be coached up into a good inside linebacker. Mm -hmm. And I still think that we have to address that depth here at some point um, in this draft. Um, Last pick of the draft, I was toying around. So I'll throw the two names out there that I was playing with. And, 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 And Robert, 
they were with Houston. I think you'll like this one is Grant Stewart, yeah. who is listed as a middle linebacker and inside linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, he's more of a special teams guy. And uh, I love the way he plays. He plays like his hair is on fire yeah. and he just flies around. Um, he's, he's, he's fun to watch. He's a spark plug. Yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah. That's great. We discussed him earlier on one of the uh, podcasts too, since, uh, Robert told us about his um, his captain there, the defensive captain in the middle of the field, and running around with that long hair like Troy Polamalu, thinking that he can be like a uh, you know a Matakavich type player on special teams, hopefully, and that would be nice to see, and hopefully develop into a, a playmaker too on the field as a spot player. Um, but that would be that would be fun to see. And then hey, you know you're welcome there, Robert. We got to talk about uh, Houston a little bit there for you. <laughs> so, and that's your entire draft then, Ben. Yeah, the, the other one that I had kind of hanging out there is Jalen Camp, who was a wide receiver out of Georgia Tech. Oh, yeah. Um, I know we didn't want to go into a lot of wide receivers here, seeing our depth. Yeah. Um, but I've been seeing a lot of good stuff out of Jalen Camp, and I've been seeing uh, comparisons to like a Martavis Bryant. Hmm, so interesting. one of those at a seventh rounder, um, yeah. flyer, why not? Yeah, great. Great. Well, thank you very much, guys, for sharing your picks. We got a couple questions here. Uh, Joe Morrison, that's a name we know here at Steeler Nation. Good to see you over here on Facebook, throwing some stuff around here. He's also a writer for Steeler Nation. He'll be part of the the Steeler Nation draft show here coming up this week. And uh, he wants to know our thoughts on KJ Britt as a late round pick. And um, Matt, do you know anything about KJ Britt? Oh, yeah, I know a little bit about Britt. Um, you know, he's an inside linebacker. Um, I think late round pick, if he's there late in, late in the draft, I would love to have him. Nice. Um, he, he's an old school linebacker. Um, almost reminds me scarily too much of Vince Williams. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. They're like the same height, same build, same athleticism, wow. same thumper mentality. <laughs> um, and the pros, he'd be a two down linebacker. He he struggles with play action, struggles out in space and coverage. Where somewhere where Vince actually developed greatly in the pros as he got older. Um, so I, I think if he's available and, you know, maybe it, it's hard. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Steelers don't really have a fifth round, and that's kind of where I peg him to go because I think the fourth might be a little early for him because he doesn't really have that three-down capability. And the sixth, I'm not sure if he's there um, at the end, near the end of the sixth. So, I mean, if he's there in the sixth or seventh, I'd gladly take him, especially yeah. being that eventual Vince Williams replacement because um, Vince is getting older and said he wants to retire with the Steelers. So you makes it almost sound like that's in the back of his head somewhere. Yeah. Um, so uh, he's great. He played for Auburn. He was very instinctive, uh, very good middle linebacker. He's just kind of, if, he, if it was the early 2000s, he, he could go in there and start next to James Ferrier all day. Nice. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. 
Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Sorry, I'm, I'm multitasking here as we've got more questions coming in from Steeler Nation. And now we've also got one more draft to talk about. Since I didn't do a mock draft over at Steeler Nation, CJ Lester did a mock draft for us. And uh, Tad and Heather, we're going to be getting to your questions here very quickly. We're just going to run through this last mock before we start taking questions here from Steeler Nation and then exclusively take questions here through the rest of the show. But I wanted to touch base at least here quickly on CJ Lester's mock draft. And looking over here as I'm sharing the screen, if I can find where it is on all my things. Okay, here it is. So going down his first pick, he also did what you did, Matt. He traded back with the Packers. And he ended up doing what you did as well, selecting Najee Harris at his selection spot there at 29 instead of 24, picking up an extra third rounder looks like as well. So his second pick went cornerback as well, which is what just about everybody here has done in the second round, though he went Elijah Molden, the five foot 10, 191 pounder from Washington, kind yeah, of I like, like more, more of a slot option. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I like Molden a lot. Um, he, He's that slot option. Um, he. Yeah. He, he's just, he could be a Mike Hilton replacement day one. Awesome. Yeah. And that, that would be a big need since right now Steelers have zero depth at nickel cornerback. If Sutton's going to be playing edge third round pick first pick at 87 selected offensive tackle, Spencer Brown, six foot eight mountain of a man, 314 pounds from Northern Iowa. Obviously Steelers have a big need at that left tackle spot, losing their other mountain man, and Alejandro Villanueva leaving via free agency, but that's one of the biggest players we've ever seen there at left tackle as well. Second pick for CJ Lester coming at pick 128 in round four. He went safety. Talanoa Hafanga, six foot one, 215 out of UFC. That would be the first time we have drafted a USC safety since Troy Palamalu. So I like it. We'll see if that depth can turn into another playmaking uh, Hall of Famer. That would be incredible. Getting him in the fourth round instead of moving up to the fourth, first round to uh, get that USC safety. Uh, pick 140 in round four inside offensive lineman Trey Hill, six foot three, 330. Um, is this a center yep. position yep. player? You, yep. uh, ben, you know about this guy as well from Georgia? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he plays, I also saw even as a guard sometimes, but I think more as a center. Excellent. Excellent. Pick round five, pick 173. That's the, uh, the green Bay trade trade. Guess who we went with tight end Trey McKitty. We've been talking about Trey McKitty a little bit tonight from uh, this one from Georgia, six foot four, uh, 247, uh, willing run blocker, very athletic can make some plays in the passing game, but more of a develop, uh, developmental tight end that has some skill set to eventually become a starter in the NFL, which is good because right now the Steelers have Eric Ebron penciled in as that starter. And really they need just somebody else rotationally that can come in as that second tight end that can be big blocking in the blocking game and hopefully make a couple plays and some play action plays down the field. Um, round five, their second green Bay 
uh, trade was an edge player, Chauncey Golston from Iowa. And are either of you know of Chauncey Golston? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 could he could definitely be a solid rotational player behind Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt. One of the yeah. later picks if they wait till that that late that I'm happy with. Nice. And then CJ selects in round six, wide receiver Cornell Powell from Clemson, six foot two oh five, kind of in that over two hundred pounds, over six foot range, which we ideally want from a playmaking receiver. Sounds to me, at least size-wise, what the Steelers prefer at the X position where Heinz Ward played, where Antonio Brown played, and where currently Deontay Johnson plays. But it would be good to have a little bit of depth there because right now, really, the only depth behind um, Deontay Johnson, sometimes they'll swing Washington over there, but really Juju Smith-Schuster would be your first choice to pull him out of the big slot and have him play the X. Um, So I could see why that would be kind of a need um, eventually here to find somebody to replace and, and come in and fill in if anything happens to uh, Deontay Johnson. Uh, first pick in the seventh round, inside defensive lineman Mustafa Johnson for some depth there, six foot two, 290 out of Colorado. Colorado, Colorado. And a seventh round pick, 254 last pick, linebacker Tuff Borland from Ohio State. I'm sure Matt had something to say about an Ohio State linebacker. Uh, he, he, I, I, <laughs> he played for Ohio State. That's what I'll say about him. <laughs> didn't step it, didn't like jump out at you that much, or was he a, a good player? Or was he somebody um, can, worth taking a flyer out there in the seventh round? Um, I, I guess he could be a special teams guy in the seventh round if okay. you want to take a flyer because he's smart, but he, he just lacks the athleticism to truly play the position, like like gotcha. others, like some other people. He ran a four nine as well. I remember I just remember watching him against Alabama and Ash Chips. I mean, they lined him up against Devontae Smith and hmm. that just went terribly. Devontae got a long touchdown and he looked like he was walking as Tough Borland was giving full effort. Oh goodness. That's the, that's just what sticks in my head. Now it's all I picture now. So just <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's time for questions from Steeler Nation. This is where you guys are in charge. And thank you so much, Steeler Nation, for being so active tonight on Facebook, so active tonight on YouTube. We love the interaction. This is why we do this. Um, quick, um, and, and this is also a toast to you, Steeler Nation. We're going to show our drinks since Robert's asking if I'm drinking another fruited beer tonight. No, I am not. I am drinking Perlenbacher. It's a German beer that you can get at Lidl. If you're lucky enough to find a Lidl that sells alcohol, I got mine in Virginia. Uh, they do excellent German style beer, and this is the Hefeweizen. They come in the giant bottles, and they're a good price. It's like eight bucks a six pack of giant bottles. So, cheers, Steeler Nation! What are you drinking over there, Matt? Uh, I'm going something very fancy, you know, really high class. You know, something really you really need a deep palate to be able to a, a nice Coors Light. <laughs> um, the mountains are still blue. Nice the bottles, mostly empty. So, you, if the mountains are still blue, I must be doing something. Right. <laughs> Excellent. And what is on your, your plate tonight as well, Ben? I have screwball, which <laughs> I had the first time. I love peanut butter whiskey. If it's nice. not broken, don't fix it. <laughs> oh, perfect. So cheers to you, Steeler Nation. Thank you for making this fun for us. Cheers. So now go over, over to SteelerNation.com. That's where usually where we take a ton of questions. I'm going to take a, uh, a couple quick ones here too off of, um, off of our Feeds here on Facebook. Tad Barton asks a lot of talk about Harris, Etienne, and even Williams as possible Steelers draftees at running back. 
Recently, I've seen some talk about Gainwell out of Memphis. Any thoughts on Gainwell and who wants to go first on this one? I'll go first. Go I mean, I, I like him. Um, he's not the reason why that why we've been talking about Javante Williams and, and, and Harris and ETN um, is because they're who's going to be there at number one for sure. Gainwell was more of that wild card where this is me. I have him late third, early fourth. Yeah. Um, we'll see really how the cards fall with that. Mm-hmm. But that's where I think his skill set is. Um, I, I, again, I like him as a good value pick later on. I don't like him necessarily, and I don't see him in the first three rounds. Great. Yeah, I kind of line up similar with Ben. Um, he definitely has a unique skill set, uh, very talented as a receiver, definitely have some big playability, um, very elusive, kind of reminds me almost of like a Naheem Hines player, you know, that definitely going to be that third down guy and can definitely run between the tackles, but he's not someone you uh, expect to be your featured runner. Nice. Also, Heather wants to know about late round drafting a punter or any available. I know that there are currently um, two punters that are available that are Ray Guy award winners. And one of them won, I think Duffy, Max Duffy won in 2019. Um and I'm just trying to find the punters. I actually know who the other one is. Who, yeah, the other one is? Uh, Presley Harvin III. That's out of it. Tech. That's it. So there's uh, the brick yep. house. Yep. <laughs> so when you, when you were talking about punters and special teamers like that, that's what I'm built like. I'm built like a punter. That's why I care <laughs> about punters. Uh, and uh, I'm not as fast as these receivers, even though I played receiver as well. But, but punting, I know. But yeah, they're both decent options. It looks like... Um, um, Max Duffy is more of a has some Aussie and influence to them, whereas the second punter, which you mentioned, the third, uh, Presley Harvin. Presley Harvin, gosh, thank you. Presley Harvin, the third, is more of a traditional style punter, uh, with the hang time, and he, he ended up, um, showing very well because our special teams coach did go to watch him work out. He had terrible conditions for his pro day, but evidently he put on quite a show. And as we all know in Pittsburgh, you're kicking in some crappy conditions. I mean, at least the the ball's not sticking into the mud anymore when it lands, but still crappy conditions, still get some bad winds, still get some cold conditions and some rainy weather there across the three rivers. So it probably made a good, good influence on the Steelers. And we'll see possibly in the seventh round here, Heather, there is a chance for the Steelers picking up a punter. And now for the first question from Steel Time at SteelerNation.com. Is Elijah Vera Tucker athletic enough to play offensive tackle in the NFL? And any thoughts about moving him to center? And I personally thought he was a higher rated tackle. So I, I don't know about his position flexibility. Uh, Matt, why don't you start with um, Elijah Vera Tucker? Since I know he's yeah. high up on your list. Yeah, he, he's he's going to be a first-round pick. Um, whether or not he's available for the Steelers, it's kind of in flux. Those That, like, three through five tackle range is kind of floating around, you know, with some of the others. Um, mm-hmm. But this last season he played left tackle for USC, played rather well, um, might have had his best year so far. Um, but he was a guard before that, uh, played both guard spots the previous couple of years. Not sure if he really has the ability to play center. Um He's talented enough, so I wouldn't doubt it, especially if he's been able to play inside at uh, guard. So he's no 
no uh, stranger to being inside. He has solid size. I think he's like six four, probably like three ten ish. So I mean, he he has solid size where he wouldn't get muscled around in the middle as he had success at guard. Um, whether or not he can play there is up in the air, but he's definitely athletic enough to hang on the outside. People just kind of get in their head that these tackles need to be these long, taller tackles at times. But we know that the Steelers haven't always thought that. I mean, look at Kelvin Beecham when he was their tackle. Yeah, true. Yeah. So uh, he still he has potential to definitely stick at left tackle, but worst case he could slide in the guard as well. Yeah. Nice. And Slash Steel's putting me on the spot. He says, uh, striker at pick number 24, the NFL draft, the Steelers select. And if I'm on the spot, I'm going cornerback. Uh, it's whichever the highest corner is available in that spot. I know I had my thing pop out today on who I've taken the mock draft, but that was actually recorded three weeks ago before <laughs> Nelson left, before we had problems with Lane. Um, and I went with ETN in that draft and the video that's on Steeler Nation that just dropped today. But in all honesty, I'd be going corner. And I think that there is some great talent here at top. Uh, and I know, you know, but I, I don't think you can go wrong. I wouldn't be upset if they go with the, uh, with running back. I wouldn't be upset if they went with a, if a, a bang and tackle slid if a if a really athletic edge possibly slips into this slot or middle linebacker you got to consider it um this is just such an odd draft i mean yeah there's a lot of needs for the steelers but you know if you're putting me on the spot i'm gonna say corner but i can see them go multitude of different ways because if it's deep at these other positions which they're saying it's deep at corner they're saying it's it's deep at tight end they're saying it's deep at center and tackle and these are the positions and running back and these are the positions we need so maybe they go on a wild card with their first pick and then fill in with the depth later on in the draft. We'll see. But, um, but yeah, I'd go corner personally. So thank you for the specific question. And um, uh, this time, Ben, I'm going to start with you on this one. Warriors 42 asks, what are the odds that we move up either up or down Thursday night? And who would they have to be targeting to move up to say 15? Um, there's a better chance that they move back than up. Agreed. Yeah. So I'll answer that first. Okay. Um, you know, and as Matt said, and even you know, on on CJ's, you know, having back at the twenty nine spot there with the Packers, yeah. and I think it's not so much of who are they looking to target in the first round, who are they looking to target in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, here, that's really going to be there. Um, yeah, now I know that this is going to be dependent upon how the Jets draft and how the Dolphins draft, but if the Steelers weren't there at the twenty four spot there's a good chance that you either ETN Harris or Williams are going to fall back to the later picks there in the first. So it's like the Steelers, if they're okay with drafting him in the 24th, of course, they're going to be great drafting him in the 29th. Yeah. So um, I, I think that that's what it is. And then, you know, this with the second, you know, and in, in the second round too, that's obviously going to play into it. Um, but it's, it's not like they're going to move up to, they're not going to trade up to try and get like a Justin Fields or Trey Lance, anyone like that. If anything, okay. it's just going to be yeah. how the dominoes are going to fall in the rounds after the first. Mm. Well said. And we obviously know about you moving back in your draft too. And, and I agree with that too, Matt. Love that choice as well. But mm. a lot of options, like we're saying, there are a lot of options here in the first round. And Kevin Colbert even said today, you know, he doesn't see them trading up. He, he said yeah. in his press conference, he just doesn't see it happening. And, mm. You know, uh, I disagree with Ben a little bit. I think if uh, someone like Justin Fields or Trey Lance fell to that 15 to 20 range, I think the Steelers would have to at least consider it. Yeah. But like, yeah. depending on what they would have to give up. I mean, I understand you got to go all in this year, but, yeah, you know, they didn't They didn't think they were going to take Ben. I mean, they said today that they weren't uh, – actually, I don't know if it was today, but they said 
uh, Cobra Teddy. He didn't think he was going to take Ben. He's like, they had bigger yeah. needs. And yeah, all they, of a sudden, they, and, they needs a tackle. They needs a corner. The two corners yeah. went off the board right before they drafted. They still had, I, I thought they were going Andrews in that draft. Unfortunately, yeah, he, they didn't. He yeah. said they had Tommy Maddox and they, they liked yep. what he was doing. And yeah. He actually yeah. said that today. Yeah, he said that today during practice. Uh, wow. You know, he didn't think they were going to go Ben. And then all of a sudden, next thing you knew, they went with Ben. Wow. So I, I, I can't rule it out after, especially hearing something like that, because I feel like he's even saying like, hey, don't be surprised if something crazy happens. But <laughs> I agree with Ben. I don't think they're trading up. So Robert C over there on uh, YouTube uh, responding to Matt's beer. So Matt is drinking water. Yeah, you got to stay hydrated in these draft talks. We do a lot of talking. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's the isotonic of beers and that's a beverage joke for those of you in the beverage industry gatorade is an isotonic keeps you hydrated so Lido's in the house shout out there to Lido's carlos daniel concalves from venezuela hola amigo good to hear about you hear from you here online uh he's one of the great members over here at steeler nation always involved with the draft always great input and always great to talk to nice to hear from you Lido's. glad you're doing well um Tad Barton has a question here too. Lots of talk of Panay Sewell falling on draft boards. How far would he have to drop for the Steelers to trade up to snag him? Uh, past 15. Um, yeah. I, they don't, they don't seem like they're interested in really trading up. Um, Sewell's great. Yeah. But um, if he's falling that far, that means likely the other tackles are falling too. Yeah. So um, unless something crazy happens, I, he, he'd have to fall pretty far and they would have to get a good deal to trade up. I mean, especially with everything else, they have a lot of holes and only eight picks. So it, I, I don't see it. They would have to, he would have to fall to the second half of the teens. Okay. And I think, I was going to say, like, I think falling for him, like in his definition mm-hmm. is from top five to like top 10. So yeah. um, it's all also, <laughs> also very relative. So, yeah, he's going to fall, but he's still a top 10 offensive lineman. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. He's going to be the first tackle taken. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Steeler fan 448. Ben, I'll start with you on this one. Is there a prospect who may slip that you would jump on if you were the Steelers? An example would be Parsons out of Penn State. And that's, I guess, the edge player. They're the really athletic edge. Or is he middle linebacker? He, he's an inside linebacker. Inside linebacker. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. If, yeah. if, if, if he falls, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Another value player um, kind of in that position, edge slash outside linebacker mm-hmm. that, um, you know, if you're looking for some falling maybe from a third round to a fourth round is Malcolm Koontz uh, okay. yeah. out of Buffalo, who is, again, he's a um, he's an edge player. He's listed as an edge, but I think he can play at that outside linebacker position. He plays long. He's lanky, mm-hmm. lengthy. Um, he's a little bit undersized. But that just okay. shows the versatility that he can drop back into coverage and play effectively in that three-four defense. And Matt, anybody that would fall that you would jump on over top of like the normal running back, tackle, center that we've been talking about, corner. Um, early on, I mean, outside of those positions, mm. like I said, it would have to be one of the quarterbacks, I guess, because you can never oh, hesitate to jump on a quarterback. But yeah, if one person I would really, if they started falling, I wouldn't hesitate on the Steelers. Um, and you only need one or two teams to really pass on them, and he could start falling. Is Patrick Sertain? Uh, yeah, out of Alabama, I'm, he's the best corner in the draft, in my opinion. But there's mm-hmm. some talk about J.C. Horn and maybe even Caleb Fairley jumping him. Um, if that happens, I mean, he could fall easily to the late teens or early twenties, and then wow. Steelers have to give up much to get him because not many people are. There's only so many people going to take a first corner. Wow. Yeah, that's he's something else. Projected around <laughs> that 
eight to 13 range right now for the most part. So I would jump all over him. And that's who you mocked, correct? When we did the Steelers, um, uh, where the, where the Steelers writers got to pick their first picks. Uh, I actually chose Asante Samuel Jr. Asante Samuel time. Jr. That's right. Yeah, I went J.C. Horn. You went Samuel Jr. on that. Yeah, because I'm big on corners. <laughs> I just don't think Sertain will be there. Um, yeah, yeah, so true. It's hard, to even, it's hard to even predict him in the Steelers realm. And um, Ben, who would you be avoiding in the first round? Oh, in the first round? I guess it would have to be more positional than specific players, unless there's a specific player that you think is just an undraftable that's supposed to be in that range that is supposedly linked to the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Mm, it, it, this is loaded. Um, <laughs> gosh. Uh, honestly, here you go. Hot take. Mac Jones. The Steelers don't have a chance with him. Yes. Um, but – I don't think he's first round potential. I think he's going to be second round potential. So take a little bit outside. And I just heard like San Francisco talking about being very high on him and like the top five talking about, you know, mentioning his name. So very interesting with the way the drafts can end up because that's what happened. This is actually what happened during the Steeler draft for Ben Roethlisberger. All the talk was that Cower liked Rivers and that Rivers was supposedly supposed to be the one that was supposed to fall a little bit. And Ben and uh, Manning were supposed to go high. But all of a sudden, right before the draft, Rivers' stock skyrocketed. He tested really well, had a great pro day, had a great combine. And he ended up being like the one-two pick right there with uh, with Manning. And Steelers ended up having Ben Roethlisberger fall in their lap. So, you know, this could be one of those same issues with so many decent quarterbacks, depending on what that specific team covets as far as for a running quarterback or a passing quarterback or an option quarterback, you know, this is where, you know, you can get those skewed um, evaluations, at least for a quarterback to fit their needs more so than to be the actual best cornerback at that spot. Yeah, definitely. And I, 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 one person I've seen mocked early Mm -hmm. to the Steelers um, that I wanted them to avoid in the first round um, was Alex Leatherwood. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Early on in the process, a lot of people said he was a first-round pick, and I just didn't see. I mean, he he was a great college lineman. Don't get me wrong. He yeah. dominated. But um, I, I struggle to see if he can truly be a left tackle in the NFL. He's a little big and can um, leave a little to be desired in the athleticism department. Um, he might be able to hold up there, if, and I hope he proves me wrong. But I think he's a second-round pick. I think he can be a killer guard or maybe a killer right tackle, but I – a lot of people had him mocked to the Steelers early on, especially after the national championship run. And um, believe he won the trophy for the best offensive lineman in college football last year. So he was high on a lot of people's boards. A lot of people kind of died that down. Now he's viewed in the second round a lot more, but that was someone I was like, guys, we, we need to get over this, especially because I'm higher on our tackles than some of some other people are. So nice. Uh, Cooley man also asks, that's Robert C in case anybody was figuring that out. He, he's also goes by Cooley man is his handle over at SteelerNation.com. Um, would you prefer grabbing an offensive tackle in round one and picking up a mid round running back or getting one of the better running backs first and then going tackle and Matt, I'll, I'll start with you. I mean, I know your drafts, obviously, I, I think I know the way you're going to go, but at least tell Steeler nation the way you're, you're leaning. Uh, it's hard because um, I like some of the mid round options for both positions, but this offensive tackle class is some is one of the deepest I've ever, I've ever seen. Um, I went through the past four or five draft classes and 
this has the chance to have three or four tackles drafted in the first two rounds more than the rest of any of the other ones. Mm. So this has a chance to have like 13 offensive tackles taken in the first two rounds. And wow. I think some <laughs> of those are, some of those are going to naturally fall. There's not going to be 13, 14 offensive tackles taken in two rounds. Not yeah. many people need, you don't need their, there's not 13 openings. Mm. So um, that's why, that's why I'm leaning running back. Um, this class is just so deep at tackle. Um, I think there are some elite guys that stand out, but you can get starters in the, in the second and maybe even the third round. Worst case, they're getting the third round is a year or two away. So uh, that's, the, that's the main reason I'm willing to wait on tackle this year versus running back. Your thoughts too, Ben? Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think that the depth is there. You take the talent feature back there at 24. You pick up a solid tackle um, there at 55, and then at least for me too, a, a center in the third spot. Uh, Cooley also wants to know if they trade back in round one, how far back would you be okay with them sliding? For me personally, if the Steelers trade back, never trade out of the first round, I think that is Kevin Colbert's MO. Also, with the ability to 50 year option first round draft picks you've got a player locked down for five years on your team. So in my opinion, you never drop past 32 if you're trading back in the first round. Um, so that would be my absolute farthest. I don't know your opinions as well, but to me, there's there's no value of trading out of the first round. Yeah, I would say only the Buccaneers at 32 and that's it. Yeah. Yep. yeah. There might be one or two really sweet deals I would take on uh, – the beginning of day two, but they would have to be really sweet. Like you said, that fifth round option that they added, um, what was that? Probably five or six years ago. Now they added that contracts. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember. So that, that makes it killer to make sure you stay in that first round. But I think 28, 29 and 32 are all solid or 29, 30 and 32 mm-hmm. with uh, green Bay Buffalo and the box are all, I'd be more than happy with. Nice. I Kelly asks, I'll go with you first, uh, Ben is Dickerson off your board after the medical evaluation leak? Um, and that's the center, correct? Right. That's the center of Alabama. And no, um, well, falling. I mean, I have him um, mid second, early third as okay. going. Um, yeah. And that's just because of the need at center. I, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a drop. And we already knew that, you know, his, injury history i know that there was a sleek and everything like that but that's why yeah. you don't see his name in the first round that's why you don't see his name in the first half of the second round that's why you see his name there in the third so i think that was already kind of assumed um he's a good center let's just i mean he's still a good center yeah the injuries are there mm-hmm. uh, but that's why we signed depth and that's why you have more than one center on the roster true any yeah. any more input to matt same thing. He would be a first round player if it wasn't for the injuries. I mean, he, he's a mauler. He's great personality. He, I mean, he was, he was an elite offensive tackle prospect coming in. So that speaks to just how versatile he is. Um, like I said, if it wasn't for two torn ACLs, uh, he would be a first round pick. So I don't take mm. him off my board completely, but I'd be very hesitant in the first round right now. Nice. Drink Iron City asks us what are the odds of Peyton Turner becoming a Steelers player I'll start off defensive lineman for Houston we always talk about the Houston players over on the board thanks to Cooley and Robert um personally I think it's slim to none um you know there's obviously a chance that they could pick somebody up but uh, I I don't think there's any need to pick up anybody on the defensive line personally 
So it being such a small percentage of them actually, you know, focusing on Peyton Turner that late in the draft, I just don't, I just personally don't see it. <laughs> yeah. That, the only way is, so right now he's kind of a tweener between an edge and a, um, what the Steelers would have in a five technique. Yeah. They would have to be convinced that he could uh, stay lower weight and stay athletic enough to play outside linebacker for them to consider him. And he's been going as high as late second, but I've seen him in that third round range most of the time. Um, he would have to convince them that he can play on the outside linebacker position for them to really look at him that early. Because like you said, if he if they're convinced he's a defensive lineman and that five technique with Hayward and to it, they're not going to reach for one right now, especially with their depth. Nice. Right. Yeah. And I think it comes down to, do you want Najee Harris or do you want Peyton Turner? Because the, the thing is, is the Steelers have a higher need than an edge rusher for depth mm -hmm. than the actual running game. And um, there are teams who are the complete opposite where they need that edge guy and Turner's just not going to be there. But by the time the Steelers get to 55 and even at that point, you're still looking yeah. at offensive line or some capacity thereof. Yeah. So it just boils down to that. If the Steelers want him, they're going to have to use their first round pick. And is he a first rounder? I don't think so. No. Great points. Great points. And then we always get a, 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 a screwball question here from uh, drink iron city. What kind of mileage did the RV get and diesel or gasoline? And as we discussed last week, bought an RV. I just took it out to West Virginia this past weekend to stay with the in-laws, which was great because we were able to stay separate than them and just all slept in the RV, but still got together for meals and hung out a bit. And uh, it was funny. I drove the family to West Virginia. It got about 8.18 miles per gallon on gasoline. Uh, I towed it. I, I had a trailer that I towed to North Carolina on my first trip also at eight miles per gallon. So right around eight miles per gallon. I'm, I'm hoping if I do like a longer trip, that's more straight away that I can get it closer to 10 miles per gallon. But right now it's guzzling, but, but it's nice to have a place to sleep and drink when, uh, when you're pulled over somewhere. <laughs> so thanks for the question there. And any thanks uh, for thanks uh, Ben and Mike and myself very much for, for helping out with the show and making it all fun for us, uh, Steeler nation. We appreciate you too, drink iron city. Thank you very much for the questions. And Guys, that's it for the show today. Thank you very much again, Ben and Matt. Follow Ben on Twitter at the Ben Sauce underscore duh. That's at T H E B E N S A U C E underscore D U H. Or Matt Papiernik at Matt underscore Papiernik, M A T T underscore P A P I E R N I K. Guys, you're awesome as always. Thank you for being here. I know um, Ben and I are going to try to do something Wednesday night around 7-ish. Um, might have to adjust the time just to make sure that we're not in the same time frame with Yin's hers because I think they're going to be at least jumping out at 9. If they jump on at 9, if we jump on at 7, that might be fun to do a Q&A for about 45 minutes before they get on and going. And Matt, good luck with your wedding this weekend. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I might get yelled at a couple of times for looking at my phone uh, <laughs> Friday and Saturday nights. And Ben, have fun at your bachelor party. I'm glad that both of you are going to at least be part of the draft show here on Thursday. I know you guys get busier as the weekend goes on, but nice to get your input as always. And looking forward to, forward to talking to you and sharing some time here on Thursday night on the show as well. Absolutely. Yeah, right. I promise I'll have something better than some uh, water. <laughs> Your water bottle. <laughs> you drink whatever you want. It's fine. <laughs> power for you guys. And Steeler Nation, be sure to check out our sponsor over at 
the Total Sports Enterprises over at tseshop.com. They've got great apparel, lots of signed apparel, fun, lots of fun Steelers items you can purchase and great gifts for the any Steeler fan. So go over to tseshop.com to get your latest gift in Steeler apparel. Uh, look forward to the Yinzers podcast. Looks like coming up on Wednesday night, probably around the 9 o'clock, 9.30 hour. Thank you, Tad. You have a great night too, man. Uh, everybody's starting to, to ch- chat off here on the on social media, Tad over on Facebook. Read our great articles at SteelerNation.com. Tweet us at SteelerNation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the SteelerNation podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast or follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SN Striker, sp- spelled with a Y. Thank you for joining us for the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, with Matt Papiernik and Ben McCallion rooting along with you as always go Steelers. Nobody builds 5g like Verizon builds 5g because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5g, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters, the more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.